from the blistering sands of Mesopotamia, a tables game emerged upon the scene. As time passed and the game refined, what we currently know as backgammon made its appearance known. Greetings and welcome to Checkpoint Gaming. For this episode, we will be going over how to play the classical game of backgammon. With backgammon, it is a two-player game that is played upon a rectangular board that consists of two compartments that are known as tables and is divided into four quadrants. One compartment is known as the outer table, while the other board is known as the inner or home table. Which compartment is the inner table and which is the outer table is determined by the arrangement of the checkers. The two quadrants found nearest each player is known as their inner and outer tables. On each board, it consists of a total of 24 narrow triangles that are known as points or pips. With these points, they alternate in color and are grouped together of six points found in each quadrant. With the alternating colors of the points, they consist of white and black, white and brown, white and red, or other such distinctive color pairings. This is to make it easier to differentiate them from one another. With the home and outer boards, they are separated from each other by a ridge that runs down the center of the board and is referred to as the bar. With the points, they are numbered for either player starting from the player's home board. The outermost point for a player is point 24, which also represents the opponent's point 1. The points can also be named with the two points found in the inner table that is furthest from the bar are known as the ace points, with the next in order being the deuce points, trios points, quarter points, cinque points, and six points. The points that are found in the outer tables are designated in a similar manner. In this case, they start from the bar. The ace point found in the outer table is known as the bar point. From there, each player is given 15 checkers of the same color which represents that given player's color. For the initial arrangement of the checkers, it consists of the following. Two on each of the player's point 24, five on each player's point 13, three on each player's point 8, and five on each player's point 6. Each player is given their own pair of dice as well as a dice cup that is used for shaking. There is also a doubling cube which possesses the numerical values of 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, and 64 on its faces. The doubling cube is used to keep track of the current stake of the game being played. With the objective of the game, it is for the player to move all of their given checkers into their home board followed by them bearing their checkers off of their home board. The first player to achieve this will win the game. With the moving of the checkers, each player will move them in the direction that originates from the opponent's home table that travels through the opponent's outer table into the player's outer table and into the player's home table. With bearing off, once the player has moved all of their checkers into their home table, they can commence bearing them off. To bear off a checker, a player will need to roll a number that corresponds to the point on which the checker rests. Once rolling that number, remove that checker from the board. So a rule of 6 will permit a checker found on point 6 to be removed from the board. But if there is no checker found on the indicated point by the roll, then the player will have to make a legal move using a checker that is found on a higher numbered point. But if there are no checkers found on a higher numbered point, then the player is permitted to remove a checker found on the highest point on which one of their checkers is currently found. However, a player is not obligated to bear off a checker if they can make an otherwise legal move. 
When a player is bearing off their checkers and one of their checkers gets hit, then the player will have to bring that given checker back to their home table before they are allowed to continue the bearing off process. The first player to bear off all of their checkers will win the game. To start the game, each player will throw a single dice. This will determine which player will go first. The winner of the initiative can choose to either adopt the die result as shown by the two dice used to determine the initiative or a set player can throw the dice again. Either way, the player will move their checkers according to the numbers shown on the dice thrown. But if an equal dice value is thrown by both players for initiative, then this qualifies as a tie and the player will need to roll again until one player throws a higher dice value. After this initial roll, the players will throw two dice in all subsequent turns and the die throwing will switch between players for each turn. And if several games are to be played in succession, then the winner of the previous game will start the next game. But if a gammon or backgammon occurred in the previous game, then the players will roll for initiative once again at the start of the next game. With the die rolling, they indicate how many points a player is allowed to move their checkers. When moving, checkers will always move forward and will always travel to a lower numbered point. When moving, a checker can only move on an open point that is not occupied by two or more checkers owned by the opposing player. As a result of this, the player can only move their checkers into a vacant point, a point occupied by one or more of their own checkers, or into a blot occupied by the opposing player's checker. When a player has two checkers found on the same point, it will make set point. When this occurs, said player has secured their checkers from being hit as well as impeding the onward movement of their opponent. With the numbers found on the two dice, they constitute as separate moves. So the player is allowed to move two separate checkers, each on an open point, once or one checker twice, as long as the intermediate points and the endpoints are open. But if a player rolls doubles, then said player is able to play the numbers shown on the dice twice. This is also known as doublets. So a player is able to make four movements with their checkers in any combination that they feel is appropriate to complete this requirement. The player will also have to use both numbers found on the given roll if it is legal for them to do so, or all four numbers if the player rolls doublets. When there is only one number that can be played, then the player will have to play that given number. But if either number can be played but not both of them, then the player will have to play the larger legal number. If neither number can be used, then the player will lose their turn. In the case of doublets, when all four numbers are unable to be played, then the player will have to play as many numbers as they can. When a point is occupied by a single checker of either color, then it is known as a blot. If an opposing checker lands on a blot, then the blot will be hit and set checker will be placed upon the bar. Anytime a player has one or more checkers found on the board, then said player is obligated to enter those checkers onto the opposing player's home board. In order for a checker to enter the opposing player's home board, it has to move onto an open point that corresponds to one of the numbers that is rolled on the dice. The number rolled corresponds to the respective point found on the opponent's home table not occupied by two or more of the opposing player's checkers. If neither point is open, then the player will lose their turn. But if the opposing player's home table is completely full, then the player's turn is suspended until the opposing player moves their checkers and opens up one of the points. If a player is able to enter some but not all of their checkers, 
then the player will have to enter as many of the checkers as possible and forfeit the remainder of their turn. After the last of the player's checkers has entered the board, any unused numbers found on the dice will have to be played by moving either the checker that just re-entered the board or a different checker. When playing, it is done so to an agreed-upon stake per game with each game granting at least one point. During the course of the game, a player, particularly the one who feels like they have a sufficient advantage over their opponent, may propose doubling the stakes. But this shouldn't stop the player who is at a disadvantage from doubling it as well. In order to double the stakes, it can only be done at the start of the player's turn and before said player has rolled their dice. The player who is offered a double can choose to refuse the offer. But if they do so, then said player will concede the game and will pay out one point. But if the player who is offered a double accepts the offer, then continue playing with a new higher stake value. With the player who accepted the double, they become the owner of the doubling cube and only that player can make the next doubling offer. Any subsequent doubles found in the same game are known as redoubles. If a player refuses a redouble, then that player must pay the number of points that were at stake prior to the redoubling. Otherwise, said player will become the new owner of the doubling cube and the game will continue at twice the previous stakes. There is also no limit to the number of redoubles that can occur in a single game. At the end of the game, if the losing player has borne off at least one other checkers, then said player will lose only the value shown on the doubling cube. But if there is no doubling cube, then this value is equal to 1. But if the losing player has not bore off any other checkers, then said player is gammoned and will lose twice the value of the doubling cube. But if there is no doubling cube, then this value is equal to 2. But there is an even worse scenario for the losing player. If the loser has not borne off any other checkers and they still have at least one checker found on the bar or in the winner's home table, then said player is backgammoned and will lose triple the value of the doubling cube. But if there is no doubling cube, then this value is equal to 3. With all that covered, let's take a look at irregularities. With the rolling of the dice, both players must do so together and land flat on the surface of the board. This is typically done on the right side section of the board, but as long as it is within the board center, it should be fine. But if a die lands outside of the right hand board, lands upon a checker, or does not land flat, then the player will have to re-roll both dice. Outside of this, a turn is considered complete when the player will pick up their dice. When a play is incomplete or is otherwise illegal, then the opponent will have the option of accepting the play as made or of requiring the player to make a legal move. A play is considered to have been accepted as made when the opponent rolls their dice or offers a double at the start of their own turn. But if a player has rolled before their opponent has completed their turn by picking up their dice, then that player's roll is void. However, this rule is generally waived any time a play is forced or when there is no further contact between the opposing forces. With that said, that is what you need to know in order to play the classical game of backgammon. If you liked this episode, feel free to give it a like. And if you want to stay up to date on any future episodes that we upload, then go ahead and subscribe. You can also support us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash checkpointgain. See you in the next episode and happy gaming.